Uh, praise God. So regarding battle, um, again, it, was, it, it took place a couple weeks ago, and um, I was blessed to go and, and, and minister. And just the, the, the Spirit of God was moving, and, and just seeing the, the power of God moving in the lives of these young people, it's priceless. I mean, you can't put a price on that. It's, it's, it was such a great time, and I know uh, a few of our pastors went up there and ministered, and, and I just hear, I heard so many great things. So uh, for a moment, I want to just go ahead and turn it over to our youth leader, uh, Joe Gaxiola, and he's going to go ahead and introduce... All right, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, as you've seen in that video, man, we had such an awesome experience, um, and I was so blessed to be a part of it. I want to start off by thanking our chaperones, man. Uh, praise God for our chaperones. Um, if any of your teenagers went to battle, they'll tell you we do not sleep at battle. So we had our chaperones there who were like, oh, where's the coffee? And uh, we had such an amazing experience, so I want to thank our chaperones. I also want to thank anyone who sponsored a teenager to attend this year's retreat. Uh, like Pastor Matt said, yes, thank you guys. Like, like Pastor Matt said, you can't put a price on what took place, and, and we probably had like a quarter of the youth sponsored by people here at this church. So thank you so much for donating, for buying donuts, for attending our fundraiser concert. And then I just want to thank Pastor Richard and Sister Nancy for you guys' heart uh, for the youth. Uh, man, they, they have a heart for the youth. And uh, as you guys know, everything's getting so expensive, but the church pulled together and managed to pull our price to a very affordable cost for this year's retreat. So thank you guys for having a heart for the youth. Uh, this year's theme for our battle was Hold the Line. And uh, we believe that there's such an attack on young, righteous people. And so our theme was to hold the line. And we had all these powerful messages uh, based off that theme. And over 40 students uh, committed to, uh, one, to serve God and to hold the line against any of the attacks from the enemy. And it was just so, so powerful to see these students uh, commit or even recommit their lives and commit to, um, you know, not give in to the ways of this world, but commit to hold true to the things of God. And uh, it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And so I want to give a shout out to our Friday night refined youth group. We have it every Friday night uh, from 630 to nine o'clock. If you have any teenagers, nieces, nephews, grandkids, please bring them out. And, uh, you know, God's going to do something great. And he's still moving in our youth group today. And so uh, continue to pray for our youth. And so I want to announce a couple of our young people who got to attend this year. And so our first person, is Kaylee Atalano. Hi, I'm Kaylee. Um, this year was my last battle, and I wanted to use my time there to grow closer to God and seek direction and strength for this next chapter in my life. I had the privilege of being on the worship team where God used our talents to definitely move in the retreat. Um, at the retreat, the teachings were very insightful, and our main takeaway from the retreat is the saying, hold the line. It's on our t-shirts, too. Really awesome t-shirts. Um, we heard multiple encouraging teachings that taught us to stand up for what we believe in and not lose sight of our ultimate goal. We learned to trust God's plan for our lives and not get distracted by the world's temptations. We also learned to support and encourage others because we're all in this spiritual battle together. Overall, battle is a place that allowed me to get encouraged, grow my friendships, have fun. I did tree climbing and zip lining, and I also had the privilege of being on the black team, the winning team, so that was really fun. <laughs> Shout out to the black team. And um, most importantly, I had time just to seek God without any distractions. Um, I also would just like to thank all the workers and everyone who prayed, and for my parents for allowing me and my brother to go, and just anyone who served at this retreat, because it was truly a blessing, and God definitely moved. 
Thank you, guys. And next, I want to call up Jonathan. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan. Um, before I get started, I just want to thank my sponsor. My sponsor was Pastor Eddie. He provided for me and my two brothers. And I want to thank God because we are truly blessed. Um, I also want to thank the cabin my cabin leaders, my team leaders, and all the adults who made it possible for this trip. But now for the trip itself, it was extremely fun and it opened my eyes to how God has been moving in my life. Um, for my first year of going to youth retreat at this church, I wasn't sure how it compared to like other youth retreats I've been on. However, I felt like this was an experience I'm going to cherish forever. Um, the worship up there was incredible. The worship team did an amazing job. And while up there, I felt... I felt as if God knew exactly what I needed to hear because every message the pastor spoke while up there, I felt like it got me back on track. Um, my favorite thing that happened up there was getting to hang out with a bunch of my friends and making a couple of new friends and getting to know the guys in my cabin really good. Thank you. Thank you guys again for everything. God bless. Praise God. Let's give it up for him. Great job. Man, thank you, Jesus. And uh, that's just a, a, a snippet of, of all the great things that took place. I mean, we could, I'm sure we could talk about it all day, all the great things that, that transpired. So uh, everyone, thank you for your investment, uh, for your prayers. There's a lot of prayers uh, that were invested in this event, and I, I, know, um, I know God moved, uh, as we could hear. So uh, praise God. We thank, thank God for that. Great job. Great job, you guys. Amen. <laughs> praise God. If you have your Bibles, if we could turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. We're going get, to uh, get into God's Word this morning. Uh, we're just so excited uh, with what God's doing uh, in our lives, in, in our ministry, in our church, um, just everything that God's doing. It's, it's so amazing. So I, I wanted to just share a message here out of Luke chapter 41. And as we, as we turn there, we have to understand uh, as God's people that God has a desire. God's desire is that we would impact uh, this world for, for, for him. That, that we would leave, when our, when our time comes to leave this world, that it would not be the same as it was before we came. That we would leave a lasting impact, a lasting legacy in, in our families, in our church, in our communities, in our world, God desires for all of us to have an impact. And, and you, you, you may not be aware of this, but each and every one of us have a calling on our lives to, to, to do something in this world, something God ordained, something that God has called you to. For those that are here physically, those that are also tuning in online, if, if you could hear my voice, we have to understand that, that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. None of us are exempt. Your life was so valuable and is so valuable that, that God deemed it necessary that, that Jesus would come and die as a sacrifice for you and I so that we could be in relationship with him. That's the good news of the gospel this morning. Even if you don't feel that you're worthy of it or you've messed up too many times, the good news is the good news of the gospel is that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And each and every one of us have a calling to impact this world. And through the brief time that we have this morning, I pray that this message would, one, be a wake-up call to some. A wake-up call that, yes, God has 
a plan and a purpose for my life. I have a responsibility in this world to make an impact. Whatever that may be, God knows, and God will reveal that to you. And this is also, and secondly, this message is also to encourage those that that are making an impact in this world, that are uh, living a life according to God's will, doing what God would have them to do. It's It's an encouragement to you to continue the good work and to not, as the Bible says, to not grow weary in while doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. So it's for those that are not yet about their father's business, and it's for those that are about their, their father's business. And I want to minister a message this morning, being about my father's business. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Here we have this passage with Jesus as a young boy and his parents. Uh, annually, they would, they would travel from Nazareth, their hometown, uh, to Jerusalem. And in verse 41, the Bible says, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. You know, sometimes we, we think about Jesus and we, we think of him as, as an adult. And, and he was an adult. He was on this earth. Uh, he lived up to 33 years old. So he was an adult. But he was also a young boy at one time. He was also a toddler. He was also a baby. But here he was 12 years old. So when they finished these, as they returned in verse 43, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know. Verse 44. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. (laughs) How many of you assume, yeah, so my my Thea or my aunt has has little Johnny, and and they're taking care of him. And that's kind of what Joseph and Mary were thinking about, that that, oh, Jesus is with, with relatives and acquaintances, so he's all taken care of. Now listen to this in verse 45. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. It could have been a nervous wreck, wondering where Jesus was in verse 46. Now, so it was that after three days, wow, three days went by. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Verse 49, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. uh, Let's pray together this morning. Father, we're so grateful this morning, God, to gather in your presence, God. We thank you for the worship, Lord God, this morning. We thank you for your wonderful presence, God. We thank you, God, that, Father, you've counted us worthy, Lord God, to come here into your house to, to worship you, Father God. And I just pray that you would have your way this morning, my God, that you would minister to our hearts, Father God, that, Father, if we strayed in any area of our lives this morning, that there would be a shift this morning, God, that we would shift our gaze to you, Lord God, that, that Father, that our lives would be aimed and, and, uh, and built to, Father, serve you, my God, and to make an impact on this world, to, to be about your business, Father God. And Lord, we're so grateful for the calling. We're so grateful for your grace and, Lord, for salvation, God. We know it, it wasn't for free, God. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice, for loving us, Father. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name, we all say, amen. amen. Being about my Father's 
business. So here was Jesus as a young boy and his, his parents, they, they went to the temple there and they, they, they had their religious duties and they went there as customary as it was. And the statement of Jesus, he could have said anything as a young boy, right? 12 years old. He could have said this, he could have said that, but his statement was so profound and it, it shows us the heart of Jesus. Yes, even, even as a young boy that he said, I must be about my father's business. And that is the calling for you and I this morning. You know, in this world, as time goes on, there are more and more distractions that we have to face, that we have to weather, that we have to endure each and every day. We have schedules we have to keep. We have to, we have to go to work. We have to provide for our families. There are responsibilities, God-given responsibilities, that we have to fulfill. There are things that we have to do in life. Sometimes things that it could just get so busy, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we get busy with things that just have to do with us, that are selfish. Ambitions, selfish pleasures, selfish goals, selfish accomplishment, all these things that, 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 that apply to us. And, and we have to go on this world, and, I, and as I said before, that we have to be responsible. We have to do what God's called us to do. But we can never lose sight of the fact that we have to be about our Father's business. If you're in this place this morning or you're tuning in online and you hear my voice, this message is for each and every one of us. We all have a responsibility to share the good news. We have a responsibility in this world to leave an impact to leave this world better than when we found it because how many know we're not going to be here forever? How many know time goes by so fast, doesn't it? Man, it flies by. It's just zooming by. Time goes by so fast and you and I are here, the Bible says, for but a brief time. Our life is but a vapor. Doesn't the Bible say that? And when you and I, whenever that time comes for you and I to stand before the Lord, to go off into eternity, to, to receive our inheritance and our reward, thank you, Jesus, how will this world be left after our being in it, us being in it? Being about my father's business. Now, when we talk about this, there are many issues that, that get in the way of us doing God's will, if we're honest with ourselves. Now, there's a passage here in Haggai chapter 1, verse 3, that I want to read with you. And in this passage, God was bringing correction to his people. And there was a temple of the Lord, and, and, and the Bible says that it, it, it had gone to ruin, that it was, it was, it was old and it wasn't fixed up, and, and the people of God just let it just go to ruin, and, and they were concerned about their own lives and the things that were important to them, but God had some sobering instruction for them. Haggai chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, Then the Lord sent his message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins. God's asking this question. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Verse six, you have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. So God's instruction to his own people now look, it's like you're spinning your wheels. You're doing all these things. You're taking much effort to, to try to accomplish this and that, and, you're, and you're, you're seeking after this endeavor and that goal and this ambition and all these things, but God's saying that you're still not satisfied, that although you have money, you put it in, in, in pockets with holes and it goes away. We look at this scripture this morning because here are the people, they were doing their business. They were about their own business. Their day-to-day -day activities 
They were responsible for those things. They were living life. They were getting up in the morning. They were being faithful to their responsibilities, to their schedules, and they forgot the house of the Lord. And we can relate to this scripture because, as I said, with social media and the, the advent of media and how, how, how much time it could draw from us and our attention and, and the, the, the schedules and the activities and all these things, sometimes we, we get so busy, but church, believer, we can never forget that we have to be about our Father's business, that we have just but a short time in this world, and we all have a responsibility. Do you know that one day you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to give an account of your life and what you did with Jesus? Each and every one of us. Now you may be in this place and you may say that, yeah, my parents, they're, they're sold out for Jesus. Man, they, they, they do this and they do that and, and, and they're about their father's business. But what about you? Because when that day comes, every person's going to get a reward for what they did. They're going to have to answer, each and every one of us. So I pray if there's anyone in this place and you may have forgotten or you may have gotten too busy, you may have put in God-given responsibilities on the shelf just because you want to focus on you, that we have to wake up. See, one of the biggest enemies of, of accomplishing God's will in our lives is selfishness. Now, the definition of selfish, uh, being selfish is of a person, action, or motive lacking consideration for others. Concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we're, we're selfish in one way or the other. We all have to battle with this each and every day. How do you know? Look at the last time that you were in an argument. How far did you take it? How many of you had to have the last word? You had to be right, right? I mean, that's just one example. I mean, we, we understand the impact of selfishness and how much it can destroy things because we make it all about me, how, how I'm going to feel or, or how I'm going to look. Lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. And see, the people of God here in the book of Haggai, they did just that. They forgot the Lord's house. This is a, the, the Lord's house. They, they lived in luxurious houses themselves, but they forgot the Lord's house. I believe that some have forgotten the importance of building a godly home because of many reasons, perhaps trying to earn more money, sacrificing time, God-given time with your family to earn more money, to achieve and to, to, to seek after that promotion and sacrificing everybody and everything at all costs. No matter what, I'm going to get that promotion. No matter what, I'm going to make that money. No matter what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get what, ha what I have coming to me. See, if we're not careful, we could sacrifice the things of God for selfish gain and selfish reasons. And in the book of Haggai, as we just read, the Lord said, look what's happening to you. God's saying, like, wake up. Look what's happening to you. You've, you've planted much, but, but you harvest little. You spend all this time doing this, and you're chasing after this thing, but, the, but the, the return is so little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, and you can't keep warm. God help us this morning. You and I, to the day we die, we're going to have to battle this selfish nature each and every day. We're going to have to seek to put that on the cross each and every day in our relationships. In our endeavors, we're going to have to seek to keep, keep that selfish na nature at bay. Now, there's a scripture in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said this. He said this to his disciples. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross and follow me. 
you want to be my disciple, he says, turn from your selfish ways. That's God's word for all of us. If we want to follow him, if we want to do what he's called us to do, we're going to have to turn from our selfish ways. Because how many know that God shows us things and God's promises and his, his word is full of, of things that he tells us, instruction that, that doesn't feel good sometimes to you and I? How about humbling ourselves? That doesn't feel good, does it? How about apologizing to, to, to mend a relationship, but even, even if you feel that, that you're in the right? How about seeking to see someone else promoted and lifted up, to, to, to be that, 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 that wind beneath their wings, that, that strength to, to, to push them and to see them excel? How about that? See, sometimes we want to just all about us. God says, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. I think as we look in our lives, I think even in, in the realm of perhaps family or, or at work or in relationships in general, I think uh, one of the, mo the, the things that hinder us the most is selfishness. You know, when two people have a spirit of humility, you know, there's just such a, a sweetness about that relationship. You know, when you have a, a humble spirit, you know, you're not going to do anything that's going to, you're not going to seek to offend the other person. You're going to seek to promote them. You're going to seek uh, their well-being. You're going to seek how, how you could, what you could do to make things better for them. See, humility is such a, a strong thing, something that we have to chase after. You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. See, we see the results here in our scripture of selfishness and vain pursuits. There's no prosperity. Spiritually, there's no prosperity. They, materially, you may have, you know, this, this or that. You may have this, have acquired this situation or, or, or this material gain or whatever it may be. But, but spiritually, internally, there's no prosperity. The, again, Jesus, the Lord says, look what's happening to you. He's asking, he's making that statement. Look what's happening to you. You planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. See, God has a plan and a purpose for us, and he desires that we would be satisfied in this world, and that satisfaction comes through him. In Psalms 127, verse 1, the Bible says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. I don't know about you, but I want God to be involved in, in, in me building my, my family. I want God to be involved in me at my workplace or, or, or with whatever ambition I have. I want God to be the center. I want God to, to be blessed with that. I want that ambition. I want that, that goal that I have to be able to impact someone else's life in this world. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So who are you chasing after this morning? Who's building your house? Is it selfishness? Is it selfish ambition? Is it about you? Is it about how you feel? What makes you look good? What makes me look good? Is it about us? Or is it about the Lord? Being about our Father's business. See, none of us are perfect. We can all relate to this message. There's all something that we can relate to in our life in this message. So we understand that Selfishness is an issue that gets in the way of us being about our Father's business. So the call now is for you and I to obey. Here in our, in our passage that we read in Haggai chapter 1, 
God gives instruction as we look here in verse 7. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but you were poor. And when, uh, and when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While, you, while all of you were busy building your own fine houses, verse 10, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produce no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. God was bringing judgment on them. Now, they could have left it there. They could have went about their, uh, their business. They could, have, they could have maybe rejected the word of the Lord. But listen to what's so powerful as we jump to verse 3 in that passage right there. Then Zerubbabel, son of uh, Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. That's key right there. The Bible says they began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God sent, the people feared the Lord. And Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. Wow. So that happens to us each and every day. You know, the Holy Spirit is always ministering to us. Each and every day. Now, now it's, it's obvious as we come into the house of God, God ministers to us through the preaching of God's word. God's ministering. God's, God's uh, dealing with us in all kinds of different issues. Our midweek uh, series this month is What Do You Value? We're talking about values and priorities, value in our relationships, with, which we're going to focus on this Wednesday. You know, we, we go through all these different series, so God's Word is continually speaking to us, and what are we doing with that? So the Bible says here that the people of God, in response to the Lord's Word, they begin to obey. But how many know sometimes here comes Sunday morning service, we enjoy the worship, we hear the word of God, but we walk out, sometimes we forget what God was speaking to us about. We can never forget. There's a reason he's talking to us about those things. Why? Because he wants to bless you. He wants you to be able to impact this world. He wants you to, to, to follow after him. He wants to bless your life. But the key here is the people of God understood was that they began to obey God's word. So there's a preaching of the Word of God, but there's also the Holy Spirit that nudges us throughout the week when we're not here in church, right? Impresses on our heart those things. Pick up the phone. Make that phone call. Humble yourself in this situation. Maybe there's someone around your social circle that needs some help, that, that, is, that is down and out. They need a phone call. They need a word of encouragement. They need someone to just speak some, some encouraging words to them, whatever it may be. The Holy Spirit puts those people in our hearts. We have to be obedient. See, that's how we impact this world, is we're obedient to the voice of God. There's a reason. God knows why he's nudging you in that, that area. We don't understand, but we know we feel it. God knows what that person's going through, which is why they, they keep coming to your mind. And pray for them. Spend time in prayer for them. God, help them. God, speak to them. Lord, if, 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 if I could do anything to help them, Lord, let me know what that is. See, God impresses those things on our hearts. And if we're quiet and we pause for just a moment, we'll hear that voice. We'll feel that impression on our heart. 
And it might just be as simple as a, as a text. Hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. It may be simple as a phone call. It may be simple as a conversation. It may be simple as asking, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? See, we change the world one life at a time. Isn't that true? We change the world one life at a, at a time. And as we begin to obey, church, God is going to use our lives to impact this world. And you're going to make such an impression on other people. They're never going to forget the time may have come and go, uh, gone and you forgot about it. It was just something that you were obedient to, but that impact that you made in that person, they will never forget it. I think back in my life, how I came to the Lord as, as, a, as a young man, as a young teenager, and not having anything. I was just, I was a teenager, right? And, and I needed, if I wanted to go to church, I needed to ride to church. I, I, if, I, if we had outreach and we had to go somewhere, I didn't have any money. People would, would have to buy me lunch. All these things, right? But you know what it was? It was people investing in my life. They saw the value in someone. They saw the value in, in, in this, this, this young man that was coming to church and, and just had a desire to do something for God, a desire to serve God. The people that would pick me up each and every day for service, go out of their way, spend time with me, invest in my life, speak words of encouragement. Whether there those times in my life that I didn't know uh, which way it was up or down, I didn't know what to do, I was able to pick up the phone and there was key people in my life and, and they may have forgotten those conversations but I have never and I will never forget those conversations. Why? Because it made a life-changing impact on my life. Why? Because people were unselfish. That's the awesome work of the Lord. So if you're doing that, I encourage you. You're changing the world as you do that. Continue to obey. Praise God. With whatever instructions God is giving you, we have to be responsible for that. There's a reason why. There's a reason why he's giving you that, that nudge, that push. Be obedient. You'll be blessed. Man, you'll see God move in new ways in your life. It may, it may be that still small voice, but you know it's God's word because it's telling you to do something, one, that is contrary to what your flesh wants to do. Secondly, it's in accordance with God's word. Again, talking about humility or talking about forgiveness or encouragement. God wants us to do all these things, and by that we impact this world. So we have to get over selfishness each and every day. We have to put that on the cross. Secondly, we have to obey. And lastly, we have to go and build. Go and build. Go. Go and build. Whatever God's challenged you to do, go in God's name and in Jesus' name and, and accomplish that. Whatever he's, he's instructed you to do, be obedient and go, and God will be blessed, you'll be blessed, and you'll make a change in this world. Haggai chapter 1, verse 8. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it, and be honored, says the Lord. See, we could, there, it's, it's, it's a blessing, right? Because we come to God's house, and we, we get God's word for the week, right? For our lives. But here comes Monday tomorrow, right? The new week starts, and you know, we're able to put our, 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 our boots on, our illustrative work boots, and, and, and get to work. Continue to build your family. If God's entrusted you with children, continue to build those children up in the ways of God and lead them into righteousness. If God has blessed you with a job, go to your job tomorrow with the fresh wind of anointing and strength and encouragement and be the best employee that you could ever be. Why? Because you do what is unto the Lord. If you're a student, Tomorrow, go to school and, 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 and just ask, ask that God, use my life. Let me, let me accomplish your will. If that means being, being an attentive student, if, if being a good example there, uh, uh, doing my best on my grades, if, if speaking the word of encouragement, sharing the good news, be the best student that you could be. 
Whatever occupation God has you in, be the best that you can be. Go and build, the Lord said to the people here in Haggai, go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. It's time to get to work. It's time to get to work in the kingdom. You have an important part to play, believer. God's called us to build and leave a godly legacy in this world. I think of those, my elders who have gone before me, my family who knew the Lord and shared the good news with me. I think of my, my pastors. I think of, of, of those, those righteous friends that, that, that I have in my life that I could always turn to for encouragement, that are a beautiful example in my life. All these things, I, I, I thank God because people are leaving a lasting legacy in my life, and I want to do that for my children, for my family, for my friends, for my workplace. I want to leave a godly legacy. We should strive to build a godly family in this world. It's tough. It's tough sometimes, right? We deal with so many things in, in the realm of family. We deal with emotions. You deal with relationships. You, you deal with love and uh, you deal with hurt. You deal with all these things, but God's called us to, to, to build a godly family. What can you do to, to, to help your family become more godly? How about a godly legacy at your workplace? Parents, how about the impact that you're going to leave on the lives of your children? We're blessed with, with a brief time to, to pour into their lives. I want to leave a beautiful impact in the lives of my children and my family. It's going to take work. It's going to take humility. How about a lasting impression in our communities, in our society in general? See, all these things are tied together in you and I obeying God's word. It's going to take effort. You know, think about just getting to church here this morning. I know for some, it might be, it might be a chore, it might be a challenge. Uh, I think of, of kind of the morning routine, right? If you, have, if you have small children, right? It's not just about you, uh, you getting ready. It's about getting your kids ready, waking them up, getting them prepared, bringing them to church. So it's a process, man, to come to church. It's, it's a process. And I, and I think of that scripture right here where he's saying, go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. I mean, God could have snapped his fingers and had his house rebuilt uh, miraculously, but no, he entrusted his people to, to, to invest the effort. And that's what you and I do. We come to church. Who knows how far you, you drove to, to get here this morning, to make it to prayer. And you get yourselves up, you, you know, you, you, you clean up, you wash up, we want to look, look nice, and we want to smell nice, right? We do all these things, and, and it's an investment to come to the house of God, and it's showing your heart that, yes, God, I want, I want to uh, be in your, in your presence in excellence. And it starts with the heart. As we talk about this this morning, about leaving an impact in this world, about obeying you know, I pray that God would prepare our hearts before each and every service so that we would receive the word of God with gladness. You know, and when your heart is soft, you're, you're looking internally and you're saying, yeah, that Lord, that's for me. You're not looking at, at your left or your right or your husband or your right. Yeah, that's for them. That's for them. They need to hear this. No, but you look at it and you keep a right heart and you say, you know, it's for me. And as we do that, we're going to be blessed. The Bible says in Jeremiah 4, 3, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. God wants us to have a healthy heart. He wants us to have a soft heart. So when we come into the house of God, we hear his word and we can let it grow in our lives. God help us to have soft hearts. That we would be obedient to his spirit. 
And as I prepare to wind this down this morning, there is a passage here in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10. And the worship team, you can make your way up uh, this morning. Here in this passage here in 1 Kings, uh, there's, this was a dedication of, of, of the temple of the Lord that God used Solomon to build. And see, before this, with, with King David, the, the temple of the Lord was a tabernacle, it was a tent, it was a temporary place, it could be torn down and set up at different places. But here, David had a desire to build, uh, build the Lord a permanent tabernacle so that he could dwell, so it could be the house of God. But God told David that, no, uh, you know, although this is a righteous decision that you have to build me a house, you're not going to be the one to build it. Your son Solomon's going to be the one to build it. So Solomon, with God's wisdom, he builds this, this temple, and here they're dedicating it. And there were sacrifices and, and, and burnt offerings that took place, and they brought the ark of God into the, into the temple. And the Bible says this, and, and this is an example as we involve God in our lives and what we're doing in building his house. In 1 Kings 8.10, the Bible says, When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. See, they dedicated to, to God. It says, A thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. In verse 11, The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. See, God's called us to build. Just as David had a righteous desire to build the Lord a tabernacle, how many of you know that you and I, we're the temple of the Lord? Can you say amen? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. God wants to live in you and I. God desires to live in you and I. And church, as we make the Lord's business our business, as we seek to build godliness in our lives, in our families, as, they, as, as the priest dedicated that here, as Solomon dedicated that time here, the Bible says that the presence of the Lord filled the temple so much that they couldn't even minister in, anymore. It was so thick. It was so glorious. See, God desires to live in our hearts. He desires to fill you with his presence, to empower you, to strengthen you, to speak to you, to refresh you, to anoint you. He desires that, but it's going to take for you and I to be obedient and seek after him. And as I close this morning, I want to jump back to what Jesus said in our text. Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Church, let that be the mantra of our lives, of our day. Let that be the mantra of our week. This afternoon as we go and celebrate with baptism, all those making a, a beautiful decision for Christ. Let that be our mantra that did you not know that I'll, I'm about my father's business? Where's so-and-so? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? I'm, I've been about my father's business. And in that church, we're fulfilling God's commission and plan in this world, and we're making an impact in this world so that the time that comes for us to leave, we leave the world better than when we found it. Can you say amen? You received that this morning? Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, God. We give you glory. Thank you, God, for your calling. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.